Thank God today, and this is Pastor Adams, president and founder of Truth Matters Ministries in Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you once again for allowing us to come into your homes, your automobiles, or wherever we may have found you, that we might be able to share truth sur- surrounding the Word of God. And today, before we get into our teaching and topic, we would like to pause and pray. Father, we thank you for your abundant love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your faithfulness towards us. We give your name praise today that you've allowed us to yet be in the land of the living, that we might be examples, that we might be a bright light, that, the sh- that that's a shining hill, God, that men can see the light and they can glorify you, who is the Father in heaven. We thank you today that you are our great high priest. We thank you that you are our mediator. We thank you that you are Lord God, him who is the one who stands between the Father. And we thank you today, Lord God, that you stand, Lord God, and you plead our case. Your blood has made us righteous. We thank you today that you who knew no sin became sin for us, that we may be the righteousness of God in Christ. We pray today that as we stand for truth, that men and women who listen to this podcast, that they will be touched, they will be motivated, and they will be convicted to follow after your word, to seek your face, to come to know you in a great and personal way. Save someone, deliver someone. In Jesus' name, amen. And today we're going to be sharing uh, on a very dynamic topic. Before we announce our topic, we're just so mindful of the words that were spoken by Patrick Fitzgerald, who was the lead prosecuting attorney in the infamous Scooter Libby trial. He said that, Truth is the engine of our country's justice system. And he said, without truth, we don't have anything. And today we're going to be addressing a topic that's very important. And it's called, Does Truth Matter? And as we approach this topic today, Ravi Zacharias, he mentioned that Time Magazine had on its cover recently the title, Truth is Dead. They had an earlier issue in the 70s with the title, God is Dead. Now, if these titles were true, then what is the point or use of anything? It would be self-defeating to its core. But during this Truth Matters podcast, I want to speak to your hearts about this topic of truth. If truth is dead, as stated according to the Time magazine, we must ask a few questions. First, We have to ask, what is truth? And then secondly, does truth matter? It would be easy to give a simplistic summary of truth, but broadly we at Truth Matters must say and declare that truth is a person. It's a spirit, a way, it's a stand, it's a state, it's a foundation, and it's also a discerner. Truth is an indispensable anchor and pillar that determines the course and the quality of our physical and spiritual lives. Listen to me today. How we embrace and navigate truth is paramount in our life's pursuits, and not just pursuits, but life successes. History affirms that the erroneous account of the Gulf of Tonkin incident off the shores of Vietnam back in the 60s It was perpetrated to the United States public. And once it was perpetrated to the United States public, it was the direct catalyst that helped give the the congressional support and the public support 
for our country even entering the Vietnam War. I can remember clearly the, the, the erroneous report our government issued that Saddam Hussein and Iraq had weapons of mass destruction in 2002. I'm sure most of you remember when this was hitting our news and airwaves. This fallacious report gained congressional and public approval for the United States to what? Attack Iraq and then subsequently kill Saddam Hussein. And the intent was to secure oil fields in an attempt to stabilize the region around the Middle East and prevent negative effects on world financial markets. See, history reveals that as a result of this lie surrounding Vietnam and this lie surrounding weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, 110,000 lives were lost in Iraq and another 287,000 were killed in Vietnam. That's almost 400,000 people's lives were lost because of lies. What was the impetus and the goal that was underlying these lies and departures from truth? Was it political agendas? Was it for financial benefits? But I want you in my listening audience to know this. There is always a personal and a selfish ingredient in how we navigate and embrace truth. Remember that. See, it is clear that the loss of life and the loss of resources and even our loss of international dignity was sacrificed because of those lies. Yes, here, the truth would have really mattered. The story was told of a Texas sheriff who had gone into Mexico to find this criminal who had been plundering and robbing uh, Texas banks. The criminal's name was Jose Rivera. So the Texas sheriff, he went to Mexico and he went to a Mexican town looking for Jose. And as he was looking for Jose, he had his infamous wanted for robbery poster. So the sheriff, he stumbled upon a small Mexican town and he went to the saloon and he went up to the bar, the bartender and he told him that he said, hey, look, I'm a sheriff from Texas and I'm looking for a bandit named Jose Rivera. And then the bartender, he raised his eyes and he glanced at the sheriff and he said, Jose Rivera, okay, see that table there in the corner of the saloon? Hmm. That man sitting there is Jose Rivera. That's the man you're looking for. But I want you to know, Jose does not speak English. So the sheriff said, well, you do. All you got to do is just come over to the table and interpret for me. So the bartender came from around the, the, the back of the bar and they walked over to the table. And the sheriff said, are you Jose Rivera? And the interpreter said, in, in, in uh, Mexican, in Spanish rather, he said, this is a sheriff from Texas and he wants to know, are you Jose Rivera? And so Jose said in Spanish, tell him yes, what about it? So the interpreter said, he said yes, what about it? And so the sheriff said, tell him I came to get every penny of the thousands of dollars of stolen money from the Texas banks. I want to know where it is 
And if I don't find every penny, you tell him I am going to shoot to kill. So the interpreters told him, Jose, this is a sheriff from Texas. He wants every penny of the thousands of dollars that you have stolen from the Texas banks. And he wants to know where it is. He wants every penny or he's going to shoot to kill. So Jose said, okay, tell him all he has to do is just step out of the bar, out of, out of the saloon, make a left turn. He has to walk about 100 yards and there he's going to see a well. And then right next to the well is going to be a gigantic tree. Now between the tree and the well, if he just starts digging and he digs a hole about three feet deep, there he's going to find a concrete encasement. And inside of the concrete encasement, he's going to find all the bags of money. Tell him he can just take it all. I just want to be left alone. So the interpreter looked at the sheriff and said, Jose Rivera says, well, sheriff, go ahead and shoot. Now, this story, though comical, requires no interpretation. We see here that the truth in this incident and so many incidents in our lives, the truth is embraced and it has unwavering adherence as long as it serves our purposes. But if it does not serve our purpose, all of a sudden truth doesn't matter. If you are on the end of the stick where error or deceit does not benefit you or serve your purposes, then you want to fight for that truth. If you signed a contract and in the contract it states that you have to be paid $200,000 a year in your employment contract. And if that's what the contract says, you're going to insist on standing for the truth of that contract. Why? Because it serves your best purpose and your best benefit. We as people sometimes we only stand for truth and we only embrace truth if it aligns itself with our selfish conclusions and purposes. Okay, so let's think about this for a minute. Look at the White House. Look at the occupant of the White House. The national media fact checker has revealed that Donald Trump has told 20,000 lies since being in office since 2017. Now, if you do the math, that's roughly about 18 lies a day. Some of the lies are impulsive. Some are self-serving of his purposes. But the abandonment of truth has contributed greatly to the thousands of innocent people who have died in the United States and the millions who've been infected along with their loss of homes and careers and they've lost the quality of their life. Why? Due to the lies that Donald Trump told about the severity of COVID-19. In this case, you can see once again that the truth mattered. Wasn't that Aldous Huxley in his book, Ends and Means? He made this staggering comment. He said, I want this world to not have any meaning. Why did he say that? He said, because a meaningless world frees me from my political 
in my erotic pursuits. You see, beloved in my listening audience today, the absence of truth, it erases absolutes. And without absolutes, then in this world, we only have what is called relativism. And when you have relativism, you have what is called, well, you have your truth. I got my truth. You got your thing. I got my thing. You see it this way. I see it my way. And there's nothing that's really absolute or true. And when you don't have truth and you don't have absolutes, then you have a world just like Aldous Huxley wanted. A world with no meaning. And today I want to just refer to a passage in the Bible that was written 2,000 years ago. Jesus in John 18 and 33, he began a discourse with the Roman ruler whose name was Pilate. And during their interaction and discourse, Pilate asked Jesus if he was king of the Jews. I want y'all to listen to me here. Now, Jesus could have given a very quick, direct answer. He could have said yes, or he could have said no. But instead of giving him a direct answer, Jesus asked a question of the questioner. Jesus asked, are you asking this of yourself? Or did someone else provoke you to ask me this? I want you today to see the wisdom of Jesus. Jesus, in asking a question of the question, why? Because if you ask a question of the question, it opens the original questioner to begin to be cognizant of their own assumptions. And then as they evaluate their own assumptions, it then changes the entry point of discussion. It allows the examination of the illogical source or the illogical premise of the question itself. Great theologian from the United Kingdom, C.S. Lewis said, nothing is so self-defeating as a question that has been raised without taking the question itself to its logical conclusion. Understand this in my listening audience. You see, intent is always prior to content, or we can say it this way, content is always preceded by intent. See, Pilate had an intent that was not supported by the content of facts or truth. See, Jesus did proceed to explain that he was a king. But Jesus said, but not of this world. Jesus told Pilate that if he was an earthly king, he would have an army and they would fight to free him of his captors and his accusers. Then Pilate said, oh, so you are a king. And listen to the wisdom of Jesus Christ again. Jesus said, you say that I am. And for this cause was I born into the world to bear witness to the truth. What was the reason you were born into the world? I was born into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone that is of the truth listens to me. And Pilate asked one of the most dynamic and powerful questions that has ever been uttered out of the mouth of a human being. Pilate responded, what is truth? Here it is, Pilate, 
who was standing before the very personification of truth. But he could not discern his reality. He was standing right in front of truth, but yet he didn't even know what truth was. This is the critical interval of where the world is today. Jesus had just told Pilate that everyone that is of the truth listens to, adheres and recognizes and discerns and commits, yields to and devotes to Jesus' message. They devote themselves to his example, his morality and to his lordship. Those who have died to self, who have been crucified with Christ, who have become cross bearers, who rejoice to suffer with him are fierce defenders of truth. And today, sadly, those who are not rooted and grounded in truth are spiritual and social tumbleweeds. You know what tumbleweeds are. They're just dead. They're just dead plants that have dried up and the wind blows them here and the wind blows them there. They get stuck against a fence here. And so many people today are nothing but spiritual and social tumbleweeds. They're being tossed to and fro by every wind and doctrine. Most people don't have any conviction for anything except for that which is beneficial and self-serving. I want you to hear me today. Just as a chameleon changes his color, he changes his stripes, he changes his manifestation with every step it takes and perched upon which it sits, so are so many people today. They live and they morph into what is popular. They wear their hair a certain way. If someone says putting three parts on the side is cool, we'll do that. If shaving all the sides off and just having hair on the top is cool. If getting a perm with with having a, a hair piece or having some different colors in it, if that's cool, we'll just roll with that. If wearing baggy pants is cool, I'll do that. If, if having on tight jeans is cool, if having a tight jacket is cool, I'll do that. If having my arms out is popular I'll do that I'll do whatever is currently fly or what is socially admired and applauded people live on the corner of situation ethics and they and there's a corner that's called situation ethics and what feels good boulevard this is the intersection of life that we find division that's where we find calamity. That is where we find racism and wars and so many social and physical and sexual abuses, manipulation, social and spiritual pillaging takes place on the corner of situation ethics and what feels good Boulevard. George McDonald said to give truth to him who does not love it is to only give him multiplied reasons to continue to misinterpret truth. World-renowned apologist Ravi Zachariah said, the search for truth is in a sequential grid. The ultimate pursuit of our lives should be the truth. See, there are two theories of truth. There is one that is called the correspondence and the other one is called coherence. They are used daily in court proceedings. What do I mean by that? There must be particular questions with corresponding answers that are true. And when all the questions and answers are compiled together, you must have coherence, which eliminates any systematic contradictions in what has been said collectively. This is the main purpose why in court proceedings they do cross-examination. And there are three tests for the authenticity of documents in antiquity. It's called the bibliographic, the internal evidence, and the external evidence. Hence, likewise, there are three tests for truth. What are they? One is called the logical consistency test. 
It's a set of statements that is logically consistent if they can all be true at the same time. And then there's number two, the empirical adequacy test. It's a theory, it's it's a theory, a theory which is empirically adequate exactly if what it says about the observable things and the events in the world are true. And then thirdly, there's the experiential relevance test. Experiential relevance means it is pragmatic and that you have found that it works in your own life experience. Now, these are classic statements that must come together anytime there is a truth claim. Then we must ask questions of the truth of the truth claims, what they are really answering. What are these truth claims really answering? And there are four questions that impact all worldviews, no matter where you are in the world. The first one is called origin. What truths define a person's perception or belief concerning the consummation or beginning of things? How you feel about that is crucial in every worldview. The second one is meaning. What does life mean? What is the sense, the explanation, the denotation and the connotation and the elucidation of life? And then what is morality? What are the principles that concern the distinction between right and wrong or good and and bad behavior? It involves correctness and it also involves virtue and goodness, righteousness and rectitude. Then there is the fourth one, which is called destiny. The events that we all believe that will necessarily happen to a particular person or a thing in the future. Now, in order to come to a, a conclusion about those, There are five disciplines that come to bear when dealing with those four worldview questions. In order to understand origin, meaning, morality, and destiny, we must understand and have the discipline of metaphysics. What is that? It's the branch of philosophy that deals with the first principles of things, including abstract concepts such as being, knowing, substance, cause, identity, time, and space. And then we must also have the discipline of epistemology, which is the theory of knowledge, especially with regard to methods, validity, and scope. Epistemology is the investigation of what distinguishes justified belief from opinion. Then we must have the discipline of ethics, which is moral principles that govern a person's behavior or their conducting their life activity. Then we must commit ourselves to the discipline of anthropology, which is a study of human societies and cultures and their development. And then lastly, we must have a grasp of theology, which is the study of the nature of God. This is why the Greeks formed the term university, because they were searching for the unity in diversity, thus university. Taking questions of origin, meaning, morality, and destiny, and addressing them with the five disciplines of metaphysics, epistemology, ethics, anthropology, and theology. This is the foundations from which we must live and find all of our answers. When our universities eliminate ethics or theology from the fabric of discussion or from their curriculums, we can never arrive at truth within our culture. If we have a society that has unresolved origin or lack of morality and an erosion of meaning, we see things such as acute racism and crime and sexual perversion, intense poverty, conflict, drug abuse, and rising suicide rates as we have today in America. See, the truth matters when you consider those who are taught that a reincarnation or transmigration is a reality. What does it produce? Starving, famished populations believe that a cow is sacred. 
And instead of eating beef, they let their children starve and instead endure the sacred cow to the degree that they smear the dung that the cow drops on the ground into their hair because they believe its current state of transmigrating species has to be revered. They don't let starving children even drink milk because the milk is used to feed millions of rats that are worshipped as transmigrating species. See, the truth matters here. And the unfortunate falsehoods are the catalyst of death and suffering in these cultures and these spiritual constructs. History recounts the incident surrounding a teenager named Emmett Till. In Emmett Till's life, a, a racist said that the 14-year-old boy who went down to Mississippi from Chicago, that he made a sexual gesture, he had made a, a whistle, or he said something ses- sexual to her. So they found the little boy, they took him and they hung him they killed him and murdered him threw him into a river and they and he, his body was pulled up uh later on and they sent the body bloated and destroyed and distorted back to his mother in chicago the lie that the person told that emmett till had done that to her was 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 actually found to be erroneous and she recently died and what happened was before she died on her deathbed she actually confessed that he never did anything to her and that she had made up the story because of her racist position. See, today we must find out and understand that if the truth about Emmett Till was told, you better believe that it definitely would have mattered. Today we live in a world where there are 8 billion occupants on this planet. Included among us are five major religions, Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, and Judaism. There are six billion people who have not correctly had the questions of correspondence answered with coherence. That includes logical consistency, empirical adequacy, and experiential relevance. Members of the body of Christ Christ must with tears and passion and patience and love demonstrate from theology, anthropology, epistemology, metaphysics, and ethics, the truth of origin, which imputes meaning, morality, and clarifies man's immediate and ultimate destiny. I have a question. Can we as believers in Jesus Christ articulate the truth that is resident in the person and the word of Christ? Pilate, just as every human being today, they daily ask the question, what is truth? The Buddhist, the Hindi, the Jew, the Muslim, the Jehovah Witness, the Mormon, the Scientologist, and all the atheists are all on the journey. They're searching for truth. Confucius, Muhammad, Buddha, Abraham, Joseph Smith, Charles Taze Russell, they're all dead. And they never claim to be eternal God. But look at Jesus. He said he was the creator of the world. He was robed himself in flesh to identify with mankind and to take our death sentence on himself and pay for our sinful penalty for our rebellion and guilt. He shed his blood that purged and cleansed and washed away our sins. He conquered death and resurrected in a transformed spiritual body. And he now reigns as our king, our high priest and mediator. He said that he was not just the way and the life, but he claimed what he was in the exclusive position and posture as the truth. Since Christ's claims were ratified by his resurrection, it is imperative that the atheist, the sinner, the agnostic embrace the truth. Jesus, the truth said, taste and see if the Lord is good. 
He said, try and test every spirit, test every system or teaching to see if it's true or good. Then he said, hold on to that which is good. Jesus says, I am the bread from heaven. If you eat this bread, you'll never hunger and you'll live forever. Jesus says that the water that I give, if you drink it, you'll never thirst again. Have you embraced Jesus, who is the truth based upon what is temporarily beneficial for you? Have you been rolling the dice and hoping to continue to live without morals? without principles, values, and boundaries? Are you sure about your origin? Does your life have true meaning? Does it have a defined purpose? Have you committed to living a life of morality that God is pleased with? Are you 100% sure of your destination when you die? I have a question for you. If you breathe your last breath today, do you know if you're gonna spend eternity with a loving God or will you be punished and separated eternally from him in darkness? Jesus is the answer for your secure destination in this life and in the next. Adam Adam Schiff said, right matters, truth matters, and without truth, we're lost. Adam Sakharov said, the greatest weapon in the world It's not the atomic bomb. The greatest weapon in the world is truth. Blaise Pascal said, truth is so obscure in these times and falsehoods are so well established that unless we love the truth, unless we love the truth, we can't know it. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man can come to God except by me. Don't continue to live your life on fables and myths or from just your viewpoint. They are so unreliable. Today, trust in Jesus because he is the truth and the truth does matter. God bless you.